What's up, yo? Thanks for tuning in Asian Bitches Down Under, the podcast all about sharing information and perspectives from the Asian diaspora point of view in society and culture. We encourage you to subscribe to our show by Apple, Google or Spotify or any podcast platform of your choice. And we welcome our listeners to support our show by sending us comments, give us review and share our podcast with your fellow podcast lovers. Make sure you check out the episode's show notes for any collaborations we are working with to promote. Thanks again and we hope you enjoy today's show. Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And we are Asian Bitches Down Under. Guys, we are having a marvellous week because we just watched like a fantastic Netflix movie. I'm just going to go put, put it out there. <laughs> it's like, like, it takes me a few days, I think, to oh, process yeah. things uh-huh. normally. But I just immediately loved this movie. I just immediately That's embraced nice. it. And I have to say... We're gonna break it down for you guys this 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 episode, but just like off the cuff, Helen, I enjoyed it so much, and I really have like there's only one particular scene I think I have to tw- uh, mm-hmm. criticize. Other than that, we are of course talking about love hard. Now, um, Helen, before we launch into it, um, let's talk about how your yeah, week was. Yeah, I know. Firstly, the weather. I feel like it's been really muggy, humid, and like uh-huh. wet climate the past few days. I think it's called, well, what's it coming? It's called El Nino effect of the climate. Like when we receive El, El Nino was the dry climate and this year is El Nina. Yeah, where oh, we're right, going to receive okay. a higher rainfall uh, during the spring and summer. I've already heard that uh-huh. Alice Spring is experiencing like flush flooding and every time I talk about floods, I want to stress that uh-huh. the importance of not driving through the flooded area. It's very dangerous. Yeah, I think I know yeah, that there yeah. are people that coming from areas that are not prone to flooding, and if you think the height of the flood water isn't concerning, it's shocking how powerful the force of the flood water could yeah, be. Yeah, of course. I want, uh, there was once that I driven through, like only the the um the water was only came up to the half height of my tires, the car tires, and I thought I mm-hmm. could drive through, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not it was dangerous. just like the moment of panic because my car stopped for like two seconds. Yeah. I have to press the accelerator so hard to get it out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. never drive yeah. into flood water. Of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, I want to say, well, it's like you know how I review a mm-hmm. book every two weeks for SMH, and what I try to do is like between each week, um, I try and fit yes. in my own book mm-hmm. in between. And I have just finished um, a review book about a week ago and I have managed to put in two mm-hmm. books this week, That's which amazing. I'm very proud of. So um, I am about to finish um, Izakuru, I think is his name, uh, Never okay, Let Me Go. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm so embarrassed. Like, honestly, naturally, I am just someone who completely flinches at very famous books. And this is obviously a very famous book and a very famous mm-hmm. author. Um which I can't even pronounce Izakuru. his name. Yeah, um, Izakuru. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's the guy who did, you know, Remains yeah, of the Day. Yeah, yeah. He's a also. British Japanese like author. Yeah. yeah author, I think Lemon yeah. Let Me Go has been and adapted into a film as well, starring Kira Knightley. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Carrie Mulligan and yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. I've never actually seen the film, but I've seen the trailer so many times that I feel like mm. I have seen it. 
And when I read the book, because it's for, for my white people book club, <laughs> white, white hipsters book club, which I have to say lately, I haven't been in like years. It feels like years, but I haven't been in a long time, but they've had really good selections. Like I think last time they did like Octavia Butler's, one of her great books, but I have been missing it because I've just mm. been so busy. But um, I'm almost finished. It's really beautiful writing. I love the style. I can't stop thinking about Carrie Mulligan and Keira Knightley when she talks about Kathy and Ruth, the major mm. stars, the characters in the yeah. book. But, I mean, it's such a beautiful book, so um, I'm really enjoying that. The other book I'm reading is Berna, Berna Risto, Everisto. Bernadine Everisto. Bernadine. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bernadine. I'm seriously. I just, <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just literally woke up from a nap, and so, and my iron levels are, like, 26. So, like, I'm just blame that, please, for my <laughs> lack of, like, being able to pronounce people's names. That's, like, so highly unprofessional of me. I'm just going to... <sighs> Yeah, so her name is Bernadine Everisto, as Helen said, and she's obviously the woman who run, won the booker a few years ago for Girl, mm-hmm. Woman, Other, which I haven't read. Yeah. Helen has read it. And um, her book, Manifesto, um, about not the sort of mini tag line title is uh, ne- on never giving up i am reading it as well con- conjun- in conjunction to my other book i mean they're mm-hmm. not related but um i am really enjoying it i mean you know helen she's one of eight children oh and wow she's just like rem- and she's like the fourth uh-huh. of eight children and she has about seven or eight chapters going through different parts of her life and i'm uh, I haven't finished it, but um, remarkably, in the beginning, she talks about her parents and her father, who was from Nigeria, and her mother, who's a white mm-hmm. British. It's really interesting. She talks one part about how, um, because she's a middle child, she's never really been clingy, and she's like always been quite easygoing and never really needed kind of constant affirmation, which I thought was like I was kind of jealous mm. about because like I am completely the opposite. I'm the youngest child, and I honestly constantly need reaffirmation about my work. Yeah, I always wonder about the order of your sibling, how that affects your life. Like, because people do talk from their experience and sometimes some people do overgeneralize it. I don't know. I guess every, every individual have individual experiences and I don't know how much that would affect other families you know if you come into in reflection of our own family it's quite different because you just said that you are the youngest but you need a lot more yeah constant attention well i think that um just very generally speaking when i think about the or like i just think that it really makes a huge difference in which order mm-hmm. you come in compared to your siblings like I know uh, most um, youngest children are like attention seekers most um, eldest eldest kids are like very responsible and like sort of have this more maternal instinct (laughs) I think and then like the middle kids are like kind of just solidly self-confident in a way that I don't think Mm. I've ever been that I feel like I've only been able to find the sense of self-worth in my like I'd say in my last 12 months I'd say that I feel like I don't hate myself anymore I feel like all through my 20s I hated myself and it's like only through like the last 12 months where I've stopped hating myself which is like so fucked up when I think about it like it's taken me 33 years in order to feel mildly Mm -hmm. comfortable the base level of Mm -hmm. comfort 
you know. And I have to say, I, and I credit that to one single, single, single thing that's helped me, and yes, that is therapy. Yes, of course. <laughs> Honestly, fucking therapy has saved yes, my life. I, think I just want to put it out there. Yeah. Therapy has saved my fucking life, and there's nothing else like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the thing is, like, Bernard, Bernardine Everisto has this one page in her, I think it's, like, page 48, where she says that um, because of this, like, in, inner self-relief, she's never have to, she's never had to use therapy. Like, she says, she's, she, she says something like, I don't diss it. It's just that um, she's never had to do it because she's just naturally self-interrogative, oh, okay. and, like, she can work out shit on her own. And, like, I all hats off to her. But I am, yes, I'm also very self-interrogative, but I have needed medical experts to help me process and verbally break down things that's true yeah 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 speaking of therapy i'm doing this course with tape it's called mental health oh cool um introduction and i noticed that my perception about therapy is well this is my old perception previous perception about therapy Mm. is that i'm going into a session and that person psychologist or counselor or therapist whoever is going to be sitting in front of me is going to fix my problem that's my initial presumption about oh really oh but then when i started you know having sessions last year and also doing this course at the moment you realize that a holistic approach of treatment of whatever that you're encountering comes down to you as a person you fix the things yourself no one else has the ability to change or control unless that you do it yourself like it's not it's partially external forces of course there's supports and Mm. maybe advice but you're the one who is going to change your own perceptions or to navigate throughout yeah that's it i don't know crisis or chaos whatever that you're going through yeah yeah. Yeah. Oh, how long is your uh, course? It's five weeks. It's a free thing happening on with the tape. So I might share okay. on our uh, show link if anyone's interested. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's wonderful. I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. With reading, um, I'm do I'm I just yeah. picked up Monica Ten's Stranger Country over the weekend. Oh yeah, I have that. I have yeah, that it took shop. me a while to launch into the book. I, I'm not I'm not yeah, a that? person that's really interested in landscape sort of nonfiction, but Monica's writings, yeah. her perspectives as a she wrote it as a journey is rather interesting. Mm. Like there's share experiences mm. and the interactions with the actual people she met throughout her road trip. It's quite how do I say it? It's quite fascinating, I think. Like and she also mm. wrote amazing stuff on her way through i think mm. she went down she went down from sydney all the way down to victoria and then down south and then go towards west to south australia and north up again towards northern territory and she wrote mm. about the people that she encountered even including the little thing like a confrontation with a 14 year old aboriginal kid where yeah. he was verbally abusing her saying that suck my cock like he was just trying to verbally rape her and threatening mm. her, intimidating wow, her Jesus. when she was at a, like a pit stop. And also she was she picked up a Belgian hitchhiker, which resulted in her being stopped by the cops and like checked for drugs. Yeah, the the writing mm. is not boring or very monotone, 
like they're very raw mm. and genuinely full of life. I know that some of the people mm. who write landscape could be very boring. Like there's one of the books yeah. that um, I think I bought it last year. It was writing about Taiwan. I, I just didn't. I just couldn't get into it because it was just overall. It's just writing about the the scenes that she see and how she feels. And I think is this the one by the Canadian American? Yeah. Oh, that's disappointing because it's a beautiful, beautiful cover. cover. Yeah, I know. I, I got through the half of it and I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll try it again sometime. But I, I just feel like if there's a, if the book doesn't have any interaction with other human, I don't know. I just can't, couldn't get mm. through it. Yeah. 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 Right. Wow, that's really good. Both picking up really book. Well, I'm really looking forward to the end of the year where I get to just read whatever I want to read. <laughs> Uh, there's so many things I want to read. I want to read Diana Diane Lane's um, Diana Lane uh, reads um, Love and Virtue. I want to read Christos Chokas' Seven and a Half. Um, I want to read the new Hannah Yanagara. I believe it's like coming out in January, but I've got a um, copy coming to me. Nice because I will be appearing with the ABC Bookshelf in mm-hmm. January sometime That's to nice. talk about it. And shout out to Billy, my friend Billy has lent me a book called American Fire by Monica Hess about an arson couple um a few years ago, and it just looks so good. But、uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking more about books as the weeks come by, as the weeks fold into the end of the、mm-hmm. year. Helen,、uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about our main topic for today:、um, the greatest movie ever <laughs> made in 2021. <laughs> Just kidding. I think、uh, Nomadland was released、yes. this year, right? I'd say Nomadland was like、okay. probably the best movie of the year. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. So we're back. So Netflix、um, released a new movie over the last seven days. It's called Love Hard. And when I I sent a trailer to Helen、yes. a few weeks ago because I was、mm-hmm. anticipating it because I was like, yay, Asian male lead <laughs> with like, you know, any kind of interracial couple、um, in the mainstream media gets、mm-hmm. me excited because I'm always interested in how they、mm-hmm. are depicted. Often、Definitely. they're like done badly,、yeah. but anyway. Um, I was really excited, and then I forgot about it. And then, like, I think about a, five yeah, days yeah. ago, Helen texted me again saying, "Should we do a episode on Love Hard?" And I was like, "Do you mean Love Life?" <laughs> and then Helen was like, "No, Love Hard." And then she sent me a trailer. I was like, "Oh yes, I remember Nina Dobrev and Jimmy O Yang,、um, who, if you guys know, was the dude in、um, Patriot Day, Mark Wahlberg's movie.、Um, he has kind of a small role,、yeah. role in it, but." Nina Dobrev, I I don't I know her just from you know like I've never seen the Vampire no, Diaries, neither, but she's famous from me, that. Yeah. yeah, she's quite a famous actress. So、um, really quick lowdown: this rom com is like marketed is being marketed as a Christmas、mm-hmm. movie, which I feel like I don't know about you, Helen, but when I saw it, I was wow, it's still so long、mm-hmm. until Christmas. So I feel like they're launching it six weeks before Christmas is quite. I think it's mature, quite early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, we've had everyone's had a tough year, so I think we deserve to look forward to Christmas.、Mm. Basically, I mean, the premise of the movie is very simple. It's this woman who is an LA writer for like often. I swear, Helen, I don't know if you've noticed, but like I'm so sick of rom com leads where their job is exactly the same. It's, it's always like, in、um, the publishing, media, always journalist, in,、yeah, media, writer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like this character is exactly what kind of Andy does in ten, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days.、Um, 
she's like a columnist and she writes about her dating mm-hmm. life and her boss is kind of like this obnoxious guy who's like always pressing her to go to bad de- go on bad mm-hmm. Tinder dates um, for her to write about it so that you know the readers can laugh about it and so the character um, Nina yes. Natalie that's it Natalie Bauer um, she kind of is sick of going on these bad dates at the beginning of the movie and then she suddenly one day miraculously across, um, uh, swipes yeah. on yeah a, a guy who has the face of Paxton <laughs> Paxton Yoshida Paxton Yoshida <laughs> from yeah. Never Have I uh, Ever Paxton Hall Yoshida so from with, Never Have I uh, Ever um, whose name who cares I don't even know <laughs> the actor Darren um, Darren Barnett Darren Barnett yeah yeah that's it and he's obviously very good looking and what ends up so they start talking they have very good banter like they even talk Mm -hmm. on the phone and um, what ends up happening is like Nina I mean sorry um, Natalie surprises him flies over to the east side of the country which is Lake Placid uh, north of New York City yeah Yeah. yes yes and sounds like a super white town yes very and (laughs) And then um, she goes to her his home. I, like who? How? How did she know his address? No, oh yeah, like, like no, but we never find out why. How she like got his. That's address. interesting. Yeah, I never thought of that until yeah. you said about now. I think it. Uh, <laughs> I think when she was traveling, she was taking she was taking a Uber or Lyft or some kind of. Um, yeah. That was a very yeah, funny scene, with this by the way. Only guy in the town who's doing all the jobs. Yeah, in town. Um, yeah. She mentioned Josh Lin, and then the guy goes, "Oh, I know his address." I, oh, I think, right. Okay. I don't think that's the reason that she knows yeah. his address, but for for yeah. whatever that reason that she she knows where she, he lives. Yeah, yeah I it's, guess that. It's four hundred twenty yeah, yeah, something. And my husband, we were watching last night. He said, "Oh, you know, four hundred and twenty yeah. is another." I think it's like a metaphor of uh, drugs. Yeah, drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I've told, I've, I've heard that from a friend who. Yeah, that's right. Four twenty is like a, a yeah, term right, for, marijuana yeah, exactly. or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, but you're right, Helen. They kind of the writers cleverly tapped that potential error by just you know having you know the driver know this guy called mm. Josh Lynn. And um, what's funny is that. Um, I mean, like, Jocelyn is such a common name. The, the surname is so common. And I guess uh, thinking... They thinking were probably it, the only gonna... Asian family in town. Exactly, in the in the town of Lake Placid. So, yeah. Um, but she rocks up in his house and then realises... And then she meets Josh and, re- and his face is not Paxton or Yoshida. It's Jimmy O. Yang. Um, and he... I'm not going to say he's, like, less attractive than Paxton Hall Yoshida. He's just, like... He just does... He just mm-hmm. looks different. He's Asian. Like, maybe... Maybe... <laughs> yeah, he's he's 100% mm-hmm. Asian instead of maybe, like, a quarter, which is what Paxton Hall Yoshida mm-hmm. is. Um, and I'm just going to keep referring to him as a Paxton <laughs> Hall Yoshida. Sorry for all those people name. who are, like, in love with Darren Barnett. Tag. Yeah. Well, what kind of name um, is that? It's just yeah, so strange. Tag. tag I know. Yeah, so anyway, um, what happens is Nina chucks a hissy and then Josh says, I'll help you get him if you help me just keep pretending to my family that mm-hmm. you're my girlfriend. And I guess what transpires is kind of a series of very interesting and funny kind of scenes. Uh, the first thing I want to say is that it's really ridiculous how, like, her apartment in LA is so ludicrous yes. and beautiful. Like. I hate the way that um, movies always depict people. Oh, my God. Um, Every the time. So like, the layout yeah, like of as a, if place. a writer. 
Can, yeah, I know. She lives in such an immaculate house. Anyway, and also, like, Josh Lynn's family. Massive rich, nation. Like their their yeah. chimney. Like, I know, they, they have a fireplace that is, like, the size of literally, like, my entire bathroom. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's just... I don't know where to start, I guess. Let's talk about um, the uh, if there's any Asian element in the film. Okay, yeah, I like I that. I don't I think like there's much Asian elements in the film apart from the very obvious the Asian surname, Lin, and the face, yeah. of course. And of Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy O. Yang. And then the Jimmy's dad is Asian. Yeah. And he's played by this really famous um, Asian-American actor who, just give me a second, mm-hmm. I will bring him up his name, um, James Sato. Sato. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. Who who is like the dad in Always Be My Baby? Yeah, he's like the, the dad, dad in everything. The guy. Yeah, I know. He's always the Asian dude. Yeah, he's in, and I think he's also been in Sesame Street. Oh, most like likely. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's been on Sesame Street. Oh yeah, and also um 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 IMDb says that he's best known as the original Shredder in Teenage Mutant Teenage Mutant oh, Ninja Turtle. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, which is like he, the bad he's guy. He's like a Shredder. veteran of Hollywood, the Asian veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 so apart from that, I don't feel like there's any Asian element in it. There's no um, taking off your shoes or eating chopsticks. You don't eat what kind right. of food. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. see what kind of food they yeah, eat. Yeah, yeah, the closest the aspect yeah. I can see is very relatable to many Asian families is that they have their grandma live with them. Yeah, yeah, the grandma's very yeah, cute. Yeah, she's adorable. The grandma's so cute. Yeah, she's played by Teoko Fisher, who I've never seen Yeah, before. I've never seen her as um, well, but she's so good. Yeah, she's very funny. Yeah. She's very So funny. apart from that, I don't know. Yeah, and, and also, like, there's only a few uh, attempts at kind of explicitly highlighting uh, Josh's mm-hmm. Asian-ness. So, for instance, he mentions once he's like, dad's Asian. He's like, my Asian dad, something, something, something. Mm. And then I guess, like, um, since we're on the subject of Asianness, I will launch into probably perhaps like a missed opportunity for the movie to have done something quite. I mean, I think the movie has done something already quite wonderful in having like a very attractive white woman mm. kind of. Um, not kind of, but she does end up with um, an Asian male at the end. But but also a missed opportunity was one scene where um, uh, Natalie was going off at Josh for like catfishing him, mm-hmm. her. And then he says to her, um, I've had my profile with my own actual face on mm. the dating website for a whole year. And do you know how many matches I got? Three. I got three. And one yes. of them was my like, oh, English old teacher. English teacher. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And so I, I, I think um, I, I like that they put that in because like I, I have heard that the reality for a lot of Asian guys in, on dating websites is like it's very hard for them mm-hmm. to find matches mm-hmm. um, because, you know, Asian men are so violently... Uh, desexualized and um, portrayed in a very yeah. em- emasculated way and like just like I hate the way Hollywood has always portrayed them <laughs> that's so, right yeah. um, and and I, that was kind of like a chance for them to explore that even more but I guess they couldn't really do that since it's just like a, it's a rom-com right but I'm really glad that they kind of had that scene mm-hmm. yeah you know I think it was think great that? that they actually opened it up explore the actual problem that is in the reality, like you said, that Asian male. I mean, we the, sorry, we met a, a Tinder product manager like earlier this year, mm-hmm. who is based in LA. Mm-hmm. He's an Asian. I remember he was saying that there's a t- statistic saying that Asian mm-hmm. male, are uh, the group that has the lowest match on dating apps. And yeah, initially yeah. when I was uh, watching the 
when I was watching the trailer, the first thought came to me was that, oh, geez, this it's very toxic of casting an Asian male. Pretty much stereotyped the image of an Asian male as this nerdy, quiet, submissive kid who's been bullied. With glasses. Yeah, and with, with glasses. glasses. Yeah. And yeah. you know that he's not going to get the girl. But at the same time, when you watch the film, there is actually a contrast of his alpha, egotistical... <laughs> older brother who is also an Asian who's always yeah. want to oppress and humiliate him so it's not yeah. it doesn't really generalize all the Asian male as that kind of image no. you know because yeah. you do see another you know the older brother who is uh, played yeah. by who's just a wanker you know, who is played by Harry, Harry Sharp yeah. Jr yeah so yeah. There is... he's such a wanker <laughs> so annoying um, it's really funny yeah like uh, he's Chinese Costa Rican by the way yes it's a, a very unusual mm. mix and he's also in Crazy Rich Asians. And also, he, he's probably most famous from Glee. Glee that's right, Glee. Yeah. He's Glee, yeah. He's the only Asian male or something like that. Very tokenistic. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was great that they addressed that problem. They actually addressed that kind of issue onto the screen and talk about it. Yeah. And yeah. I guess a lot of people doesn't know that what media entertainment presents do influence of your own bias, like subconsciously. Yeah, of course. That, oh, you're just going to... Some people would, or I will say actually most people would very will fall into the trap of having a biased um, image about Asian dudes. Yeah. Yeah, what based they on watch. what they've seen. Yeah. yeah. So, um... What happens is um, Josh kind of wants Natalie to convince his family that he has a girlfriend, her, because um, um, Owen, his older brother, comes back and he's um, got this really, like, um, Instagram-looking Kim Kardashian um, girlfriend. And um, the brother, Owen, he's, like, totally different to Josh. He's, like, um, very tall, for one. Um, very like gregarious and masculine mm. and kind of like just like bro-y he's basically a bro yeah he's like a bro type and like literally the first thing he says when he's like around the christmas tree is like talking, oh, about, talking stock. about the share markets yeah. so we know he's like a finance Ew. bro <laughs> aka fucking wanker um like all finance bros are um without exception um and um and uh yeah so what, what happens is natalie um goes to like runs to a pub on that first night she gets angry at josh and discovers that um the guy with um paxton Ho yoshida's face actually does exist in and his name's tag and she tries to like kind of convince him to like you know attract tries to attract him mm. by like doing this one karaoke song. that was so funny <laughs> i would do anything uh, I, I don't know who the singer is or the song is it's very famous but, like, what happens is, like, she accidentally consumes a shot which has kiwi in it and she's very allergic, allergic to kiwi. Yeah. And so, like, while she's doing the song on, up on stage, her face blows up. <laughs> oh, my God, I laughed so much. <laughs> yeah, that. that scene was fucking amazing. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so good but, like, so bad. And, um, anyway, uh, Josh comes and rescues her, has an EpiPen, you know, in her bag and saves her. <laughs> and then... Um, and then, yeah, so she ends up staying with Josh and they kind of try and play on this facade that they're now a couple. Mm. And um, Josh tells her about, like, um, what Tag's like. And one of the things is that he's, like, really into outdoor stuff, mm, like climbing. Mm, mm. 
So, Helen, what did you think about this? Because you're a climber. Was, <laughs> do you think those climbing scenes were funny? The climbing scenes was okay, to be honest. I didn't really think that was any interesting at all. Maybe because oh, I spent okay, so why? much time at the climbing centre. I thought it was just like, mm, yeah. meh, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, right. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't anything yeah. interesting. But I found it interesting. I don't know if it happens to many female or, you know, cis women out there. Do, do they mm. actually do that? Because for one, I as in tell someone who they have crush on that they like the same thing. Like I wouldn't do that. I'm pretty much straightforward person. If the person I like or the person potentially that I have you know some crush on that I like say something that I will probably not do, I will be very upfront in saying that, oh, okay, that's not the type of thing that I do. I have to say that's probably... um, Sorry, I'm just fixing my chair. It's a good point. I feel like that what what, um, Natalie did was kind of what you do when you're, like, 12 and in high school and you, like, want a boy to like you Uh so you pretend to like the same things. Um, I think when I was in high school, I pretended to like the Mars Volta. You know, that band that plays crazy music. <laughs> one of my friends who I had a crush on liked the Mars Volta. Uh-huh. And then now when I think back to it, I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I, I have a soft spot for the Mars Volta because, like, I, that music just grew on me because of mm. my friend. But um, but I hate that kind of music, that loud music. But um, she also told about Josh um, in the movie, Natalie, that um, that tag is um, his favourite book is Walden by da- Henry David Thoreau. <clears throat> and then she has this like kind of uh, reaction like oh Thoreau was like this like I don't know what she said like uh, narcissistic blah 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 yeah um, but she has to pretend She'd that she like liked that, that book yeah, yeah. I can't um, do but that I, yeah no but I think it's really interesting that um, I mean it's like the character of Tag is so essentially essentialized and kind of hyperbolized like he's into bobsleighing he's into climbing and his his favorite book is Walden. and his family owns um, a, like a steakhouse oh right yeah he's like such a hunter he's yeah like he's a, a hunter jack. yeah yeah he's kind of just so stereotypical um yeah and then i think the most uncomfortable scene was when she goes on a date with him and she goes to a steakhouse he's his family's At, steakhouse yeah, yeah 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 and then they're ordering she's a vegetarian like, yeah, she's a vegetarian. Yeah, and I I was really I mean my partner is vegan, so I was really interested in seeing how they were going to resolve that conflict. Yeah, but you don't really but see yeah, what happens at the dinner. Like you yeah, don't exactly, you don't I think that's see a bit of disappointment. What happens. Yeah. I know. I was just super disappointed because I wanted to know what she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? same. Like did she really compromise herself? Like cuz I hope she didn't. Yeah. yeah. That was like it's another opportunity that was kind of missed, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. I yeah, don't think um, that this is what I thought when she's starting to really fall for the trap of, you know, always compromising on the person that she thinks that she actually likes, but in the end yeah. that she noticed that she doesn't. Like at the end of the night, she had a kiss with the guy and then you can tell that there's no spark. Yeah. yeah she yeah. probably realized at that point anyway, but... Mm, I don't mm. know how many women out there go through this kind of thing. You just look at the person, their appearance, basically their looks, and then you fall for them. Yeah. Because yeah. whatever she was saying, even before that she travels through to the East Coast, she 
there's so much uh, on the emphasis of his appearance, even when she was talking to her colleagues about it. You know, they have to show the photos. She didn't really talk about what they their chat was about or how they connect. Mm. All they were talking about was how he looked so good. You know, they were just <laughs> sharing his photos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. this is what I found really contradictive because during their initial chat, there was a part about how they were having a discussion about our favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, I love that. And hers was Die Hard. Yeah, hers was Die Hard. Which is which is actually why this movie is called Love Hard. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I didn't notice that until my partner told me. Oh, he's Shout so he's partner. so clever. Yeah, clever. Yeah. Um. So they talked about uh what the Christmas movie that Josh's family watch every year is Love Actually. <laughs> love Actually, yeah. Helen Two's favorite movie. <laughs> it used to be. Yeah, and she texted back saying that oh, it's a movie about people falling in love based on how they look. And she did exactly that. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's a really good observation. Yeah. Um, my favourite scene, Helen, was um, the scene where they go carol uh-huh. singing. Oh, yeah. I and, like that um, part she, well. Yeah, and then they are made to sing Baby, It's Cold Outside. And then, like, the parents are like, oh, Owen and Owen's, like, um, girlfriend go do it. But then Josh steps up and says, oh, Natalie and I will do it. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie, being the feminist she is, she says, no, it's like a rapey song. song. Yeah. Yeah, which I'm so glad she pointed out. I love these little things about her that she just, like, points out, you know, mm. how fucking, like, basic Thoreau is, how rapey this yeah. um, song is. And it's a classic, you know, Dean Martin. And when he says, I really, like, the girl and the boy, the guy and the girl, you know, they, they you know, if you don't know it, um, I can play a little bit of it. Um, but it's like a, you know, a standard. Oh, you go there. Wonderful. Do you know this yeah, song? Yeah, yeah. It was a controversial the like, past two years. People start digging it up and yeah. talking about it. Yeah, it's like basically a guy trying to convince a girl to stay mm. when she clearly doesn't. And so what happens is Josh and Natalie sing, and Josh like changes his lyrics mm-hmm. to make it like not so rapey. Yeah, which I was like, I, I didn't get the, I didn't get the, I had to watch it, like I had to look at it again afterwards to realize how clever he had twisted the original it was ve- it's, it's very clever i think he, yeah very clever he yeah. made it and he changed the lyrics into the way that it's obviously not forcing the woman to stay yeah exactly it's a consensual you can go you're yes. fine you know yeah. you're in control of what you want to do yeah yeah, yeah it's it was it's, really clever. It's such a great scene yeah. yeah um and and one final thing i will say about my favorite parts before I leave it before I hand it over to Helen is um I really love I mean there are two there were like about five instances in the movie where I cried Aww. one of them was when um Nina was kind of, sorry, Nina, um, Natalie was up in the top of the climbing wall and she was stuck and Josh went up to get her and like talk uh-huh. her down he was like very compassionate and very like he I mean he did something pretty nasty by pushing her off but like he did kind of like calm her down and I thought that was like that is literally what love is in my opinion like just someone yes. who um is trying to take uh, is trying to calm you and make you feel better mm-hmm. and help you through some sort of um obstacle or adversity um and the second part was um a part where like she talks to him about his because Josh is like He's working at his dad's place, like a hardware store, and he's not really enjoying it. And on the side, secretly, he makes candles. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how, like, um, when people think about candles, they think about women. Mm. And, like, there are no really masculine scents out mm. there. And so he wants to make a line of, like, candles for men. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I just thought that was so beautiful. And I really found that Josh was so just, he just seemed like such a great guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just so nice to see um, a male lead, male romantic lead who's just not toxic in any yes. way. Yes. Yeah. I Although agree. there's a just, yeah, but there is just one scene where I really kind of felt a bit uncomfortable about. Okay, which Do you is? know what scene that is? The scene right after they sing um, Baby. Baby, it's cold outside where oh, he yep. does the... The proposal. Public proposal. Yeah, I didn't like yeah, that, that either. That, yeah. I hate that. I hate... There's so many things I want to say about that, but just generally, I really hate it. Basically, when after Natalie and Josh sing the song, everyone goes ballistic, and then his brother gets jealous of the attention, mm-hmm. and so his brother says, uses that time and says, oh, by the way, um, Making Chelsea the and I are pregnant. Yeah. yeah, and so he steals away the um, attention, and then Josh wants to steal it back and then so he gets down on one knee and then proposes to natalie on so many levels i hate like i i hate i hate um public proposals just because i think it's like so performative and like love i think is the total opposite of Mm -hmm. declaring to the world around other people like how gestures or like decisions like that i just think like as a woman i never want to be put in a position where i'm publicly exposed and forced to make a decision mm-hmm. um, in front of, like, a th- in front of, I don't even care how many strangers, mm-hmm. you know, even if, I think that's very violating. I think it's, like, not very consensual to, like, spring the most important decision of your life onto someone you're supposed to love, yeah. you're, you say you love, you know. Um, obviously, there are now, like, public proposals are such a thing, you know, like, um, people even hire photographers now mm-hmm. to, like, capture the moment of pub, um, proposals. And, you know, I think a lot of women actually are warned about that, you know, and they just pretend not to know. Um, but me personally, um, I mean, I'm not really invested in this whole subject matter, Helen, because I'm not someone who really gives a shit about getting married or not, you know, so it's not a big deal for me. But just generally, like, I hate men who who propose to a woman in public. I think that's, like, yeah. just something so icky about I it, think you know? it, What do you think? I think it puts pressure onto whoever that you're proposing to, unless that both yeah. of you are knowing that you are yeah, exactly that you'll be getting married. Agree that, yeah. And yeah, then exactly. perhaps you have a maybe not even a surprise for that person but if it's out of nowhere and both of you have no um you're not on this if you're not on the same track definitely don't do it don't yeah you're putting on the the other person on on the very under a very huge pressure in the public eyes and yeah, by so saying wily. no, you feel like oh, you're being gaslighted. You know, if you yeah, say exactly. no, you're, you're exactly. being gaslighted, and you don't want to embarrass the person that you're with. Your partner. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. yeah, I don't agree with public proposing proposal or whatever that you do yeah. as well. Um, yeah. So I think that was the only kind of really anti-feminist scene yeah. in the movie. Unfortunately, like, the- I do know a yeah. lot of women that want a public proposal. They want to. Why like, do you think they want like that? Like you said, that oh, um, if you're gonna declare your love, you have to do it publicly. It's like you say, it's very performative. I think. Yeah, mm. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think um, my my opinion is that love is like the complete opposite of any kind of declarative, performative gesture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I, I'm hap- I, I don't need anyone else to know how I feel about someone else. You know. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd say that was the only, like, really kind of fuck up, fucked up shitty thing that Josh does. Other than that, he's, like, a very great guy mm-hmm. in the movie. Yeah. 
What about you? Any other scenes you want but to highlight? Does, the the proposal scene does make you think how much yeah. desperate that he is in comparison yeah, to to get in competition with his brother. With brother, yeah, yeah to get to the get spotlight. Parents approval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because you see the response of his parents. Like his parents yeah, can't believe so that he's yeah. scored, you know, such a beautiful, intelligent yeah. woman. They like yeah. they even throw an engagement party, which I thought was oh, a surprise engagement party. <laughs> yeah, that was very sweet. That was very sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I kind of like. I. F- I still feel a bit strange about saying this, but mm. I actually thought the. I really want someone to tell me otherwise mm. to convince me otherwise, but. I thought that the story was actually quite convincing because um, I can't, I still can't decide whether Nina Dobrev is really beautiful or quite average. Mm. I really can't decide. Is I just there's something about her that I just that I actually think she's like it is quite believable that she could be kind of someone who's insecure. Mm-hmm. You know, like most most kind of attractive people I know are quite kind of they know that they're attractive, but there's something about Nina Dobrev's character that you can pull she pulls it off that she's like quite insecure mm. and she kind of like um finds fault um immediately and kind of runs away from any potential desire kind of any potential thing that she's not completely happy with. Um. She do you think she's pretty? Like, I think obviously she's very pretty, but like, this is something about her that I think I the like... character that she plays is trying to depict a woman, a young woman who wants to find a perfect, per- a perfect, perfect partner. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, on the same yeah. side, she's not seeing that she's got issues that she needs to self-adjust. Like, for example, yeah. this is what I mean: is that by self-adjusting on the goals about your relationship. Like sometimes I do think that do women want so much and men are not doing enough. I mean, there needs to be a balance when it comes to a relationship. I'm not a relationship expert. I always feel like relationship is like a pull and push situation where you can't have mm. it your way all the time, and there is no one who is perfect. Because yeah. at the very beginning of the movie, there was a part that Natalie, the character, said. Oh, when she comes to find that perfect guy might actually exist where she was referencing to Josh, the online Josh that she saw. Yeah. I, th- I was just thinking, geez, this is a very immature thinking, like pre- thinking that there is a perfect guy there. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that you should ever go out into a relationship and having too much expectation. You really have, I mean, you have to have some basic principles in relationship. For example, like respect for each other. There should be any yeah, abuse course. or oppression, like physical or verbal violence and ho- having open communications. But when yeah. you, and also, you know, you lay out your expectation and goals in the relationship. But when you like falling for someone that you know is not going to be a match for you that it just seems very superficial to me when she was when she first you know fallen for the fact that he's just good looking and there's yeah. nothing that they are compatible you know? but that's the thing like um most people i mean swiping dating <laughs> yeah. these days the first thing you the first metric you go by is whether or not you're attracted to that face on the screen <sighs> And and another part, I have to say, like, I love this movie and I kind of feel like it's sort of in line with movies like I Feel Pretty 
with Amy Schumer mm-hmm. because it's all about appearance, appearance. and looks. Yeah. It's all about kind of the politics of how one appears, as in the politics of looksism. Yeah, you know? definitely. Um, and yeah. I think it critiques that really well. And and the other part I have to say that I cried was when um, at the end of the movie when she kind of leaves town, um, she gets a notification. When, when, when she actually she doesn't leave town, she's like in a hotel trying to write her mm-hmm. article. Mm-hmm. And then she gets a notification of Josh uh, from uh, from like a dating website, and Josh has put up his real profile. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. And then part. you see his yeah, and then you see his new pictures. Oh my god, I get so teary when I just <laughs> see that because it's just like because like there I was, think it, that it seems the, like there's a progress the reason, of what happened. Yeah, exactly. You know, after all, and yeah. and like the reason I will always 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 stick up for rom coms, and I just think rom coms are the most important kind of films in the world is because at the end of the day and I will always like champion this to my to my grave um, is that at the end of the day all we want no matter who you are no matter like if you're Obama or if you're like the cleaner um, who cleans your house or like you're um, a, you know who, who no matter who you are or where you're mm-hmm. from at the end of the day all you want is love that's all we want in our lives we just want to be loved and I think the romantic mm-hmm. comedy um, is like the kind of the my favorite kind of story that somehow manages to earnestly yet also with comedy mm. portray that pursuit mm. that everyone has mm-hmm. and and like I just I just love that and I think that's why I get um, emotional when I when during that scene where um, when Natalie's looking through Josh's new profile mm-hmm. because it's like. He's just out there, he and he just wants to be loved. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's like so vulnerable about online dating or just dating in general. Like even if I'm like a sixty-five-year-old happily married um, wife with eight kids, I think the genre of rom-com will always be my my favorite kind of film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a human nature. Like you, you can't avoid the human connection. That's just a social aspect for everyone, I guess, you know. That's why there was a scene that the grandma invited them to talk about uh, using dating apps at the oh, nursing yes, home. The nursing. That was so that cute. That was so cute. Yeah. Can I also say, I mean, my battery for my phone is about to die, Helen, so um, just a warning. It's at 3%. Um, but I, can, I really like that that you brought that up um, and we'll quickly wrap up after after, in the next few minutes so my phone doesn't die. But, yeah, uh, the scene that Helen's mentioning is um, Josh's grandmother um, con- kind of convinces, ropes her, him and Natalie to nursing home with mm-hmm. older people um, and to mm-hmm. give a workshop about or, like, just to give it to talk, a Q&A about how to... How to use dating apps yeah, how nowadays. Yeah, how to yeah. build your profile. <laughs> and um, that scene and that scene was so beautiful because, like, you realise um, just because they're living in a nursing home doesn't mean that they don't deserve don't love or that they don't to, want to, love yeah. exactly that's right yeah. Yeah. and i love and i have to say that script those those people those old people in the nursing home are fucking hilarious like the way that they they like they turn their reality into something like more like normal sounding like when he's like when she's like how do i avoid telling them that i live in a nursing home and then someone <laughs> says like oh likes like spending evenings in or something like that you know <laughs> Or like a wheelchair, yeah. wheelchairs like um, the wheelchair bound man was like, how do I say that I'm wheelchair bound? But and he cracks this like funny joke. I forgot what he said. Yeah, they're just changing the rhetorics of the reality that yeah, they're exactly. In. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Funny. Yeah. yeah. 
And Josh did like a little short speech about you should be presenting the real you rather real than, you yeah exactly rather yeah. than covering up the the truth yeah that was yeah really exactly cute. yeah Helen do you want to say a few final words um to wrap up this episode because I'm gonna go have to charge my phone oh uh, no I think that's what, that's it for me like in reality I I don't know whether or not it, this the relationship in the movie is actually eventually gonna work. I'm dubious about the relationship, to be honest, because after all, it is a Christmas movie. Like, usually during the very festival season, that um, people tend to be having the desire to be with someone to avoid the loneliness. So, I don't know about the distance, because in the movie that one's in the East Coast and one's on the West Coast, I don't know how that relationship would be working out. But, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah. And also, one thing I would like to say is that usually the alpha male, that the asshole in the movie, wrong concept is, are actually assholes. But I like the part where they didn't really put tag uh, played by Darren Burnett. He's not an asshole. He's just a very normal dude. Yeah, that's right. And um, my favorite line, my favorite. I'm just gonna go closer to the microphone so I say this. My favorite line in the movie was when after Nina makes sorry, after Natalie makes her grand speech exposing the you know what mm-hmm. happened in the last week or so. Um, Darren Barnett's character says, <laughs> "Do you even like climbing?" <laughs> that's that why he's. That's ever. that's his. That, that's why he's concerned about. That's it. Yeah, that was yeah. his concern. Like, do you even like climbing? <laughs> Okay, so that's it from me. Is there anything else that you want to add? Yeah, let's wrap up. No, um, you guys should see it. Yeah, so highly recommend like, it to everyone. Yeah, it's such it's a good really movie, cute. honestly. I love it, and yeah. I, I just wish we had more movies that were mm-hmm. so well yeah, written. Yeah, once. <laughs> you know? Honestly, it's such a it's such a good movie, guys. Go see it. Okay, so that's the end of our episode. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple. Remember to give us a five-star rating. And we welcome listeners to send us your feedbacks on any topics you would like us to explore. Check out our updates on our socials and make sure that you share with your friends to help us to extend the visibility of Asian bitches down under for us to continue the intersectionality in the podcast industry. So that's it from me. Uh, We'll chat to you next time. Bye.